The Humanitarian with Sarah Schaefer, bringing the humanity back. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of The Humanitarian. So today I have Austin on here. Um, Thank you so much for being on here. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah. um, So I kind of like to do a icebreaker question. Um, I ask all my guests a random question. So um, um, do you use CDs in your car still? You know, uh, not since... It's funny, uh, not since like, you know, early 2000s, but um, I had a friend recently give me a, a copy of his mixtape and, you know, it was, a, it was as a CD and, and, I, and I took it, you know, and I looked around and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I haven't had a CD player in like years, so <laughs> I had no way to play it. So no, yeah, I don't use CDs. <laughs> me neither, I feel that. Um, so back in the early 2000s, when you use CDs, what would be, um, like the first thing that you would grab? As like, uh, what what do you mean? Like the first CD, like kind of like your favorite album or whatever. Oh, um, you know, it was like Linkin Park or Marilyn Manson or, uh. All the choices. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so. Eminem, you name it. <laughs> um, those are good. I would listen to that. Um, so, um, could you tell us a little about yourself? Um, you run the Red Giant. Well, I'm the uh, Chief Operations Officer of the Red Giant Union. Okay. Uh, so, um, I had started up this company about five years ago. And last year, I met uh, my business partner, who uh, took over as CEO. Okay. And, uh, then we invested in a property here in uh, West Lafayette, and we opened up a greenhouse where we are growing uh, about 700 uh, crops in about 160 square feet of space. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> and all, all without soil. It's aeroponics. Okay. And I saw um, on LinkedIn, you went to school for agricultural studies? Yes, I uh, studied agriculture science at Ivy Tech Community College in 2009. Okay. And I was there until about 2012. Uh, That's when I dropped out. Uh, Actually, I didn't end up finishing my degree. Uh, Purdue didn't accept me, so I went on to pursue my career uh, with that one, without a degree. Um, did you always kind of have an interest in agriculture or was it like, did you stumble upon it? Oh, uh, well, you know, I had a, I, I, I feel like I was um, pulled towards it early, early on uh, in high school when I was about 16. Um, I remembered, uh, I guess when I was maybe 13 or 14 visiting my cousin's farm in North Carolina and something about it stuck. And a few years later, um, in between summers of uh, high school, I would go back to North Carolina and uh, work on their farm. And uh, that experience by itself was really fulfilling in a way that, uh, I guess, you know, revolutionized me um, 
and also uh, help me find uh, my, you know, passion and my focus in life. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really what inspired it. And I also like to observe uh, the, you know, the way the economy was developing. Um, I used to study, uh, you know, the metrics of, uh, you know, studying the economy. Um, and so that, that led me to realize that, you know, agriculture really is the root of everything. Uh, agriculture can solve poverty, mm-hmm. uh, hunger, uh, everything, our, our health situation. Um, and it's really just, you know, it's, it's not as it is right now, because I would say right now our, agri- our food industry is pretty irresponsible. <laughs> Amen. Um, and so we really need to make a lot of changes. But at the same time, what's inevitable is we're going to have a lot of a lot more local farms, a lot more yeah. urban farmers. Uh, people are going to want to transition to that lifestyle and that career. Mm-hmm. And we're already seeing that boom. I mean, we're already seeing a necessity for it. We have seen it in the past. Uh, we've seen what it can become already, uh, you know, on a small scale. Yeah. And so really we're, we're the first ones to touch down in the mid, in the West here in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, hasn't really developed here. There's no real uh, local food distribution uh, market. Uh, a lot of it still comes from Arizona and California, maybe Ohio. Yeah. Still out of state, you know. Um, and so, and they're all using the same technology that we are. So there's no reason why we can't do it all in Indiana. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we reduce the cost. Uh, we reduce um, the, uh, you know, our carbon footprint. Uh, instead of having to transport uh, produce a thousand miles, we're driving it 15 minutes away. So Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, are you familiar with uh, the Indianapolis Community Food Co-op? Not that one, but I am familiar with a local food co-op here uh, in Lafayette. Um, oh. I'm aware that there's, uh, you know, a, a large urban farm in Indianapolis uh, run uh, by Jonathan Lawler and his family. Um, okay. Called Brandywine Creek Farms. I don't know if if they're, uh, if you recognize that. No, I don't know them. Um, I know a couple of the people up here, kind of in that scene too, um, but. Yeah, I think um, you bring up a really great point about how um, when uh, I was talking to the girl who's in charge of the Indianapolis Community Food Co-op, and she's like, um, a couple of our distributors, like they're even um, are like the the local farmers <laughs> distributors, um, but they are like a couple of these people are sometimes getting stuff like right across the border over into Ohio, and it's like really where do we draw this line between like locally grown um like who kind of draws that line and um like what what does it really mean so um for you it seems like um you kind of mean like in an immediate area um is that kind of like some of the goals you have and how you focus it like even more immediate than even just like in Cincinnati yeah i mean we say 
we figure within 30 minutes and we're right now under 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it has to do with maintaining the quality and the freshness of, uh, of the produce that you're bringing uh, to the restaurant or the grocery store, uh, which affects its shelf life. Um, and so, you know, and just also for convenience, I mean, if you're uh, 15 minutes away, uh, it's a lot easier than driving, you know, across the uh, state. So, um, um, so if, so like if we came to where you guys, your guys' greenhouse, um, for somebody who doesn't know a lot about um, kind of like that urban farming, um, what would some of the stuff kind of look like and um, what are some of the technologies that you use to be able to produce so much in such a small area? Uh, can you repeat that question? Yeah, sorry. Um, so like for someone who doesn't know really anything about like agriculture, um, what does it kind of look like for you guys on your end to grow um, so much food in such a small area, like some of the technologies and stuff and the ideas that go behind that? Well, uh, you know, I would say it, it's a lot of, a lot of work still. Um, I mean, what it looks like is, uh, you know, uh, planning your seeding cycles, uh, keeping a calendar uh, for that. Um, you know, you, you got to be on top of your crops. I mean, you got to know uh, what you're planting, what you're expecting to yield. Um, I mean, it's just being familiar with uh, the pests also. Uh, in, in an indoor yeah. facility, knowing which pests are more likely to flourish in those environments, uh, like aphids or uh, mites, um, and you know the the things that you can do to prevent um, the you know those situations. So um, you know it's it it takes some experience with growing crops or some familiarity with it. Um, you know, I'd yeah. say it definitely isn't for the average beginner, uh, but it's yeah. a lot, it's a lot easier for the, I'll put it this way. It's a lot easier for the average beginner to get a grasp on aeroponics and such. Um, and a lot less time and energy intensive uh, than using soil yeah and doing it outdoors so you know there's there's that option and it's available to the public i mean uh anyone can uh really pick up one of these aeroponic systems and start it on their patio or uh, uh you know in their kitchen and a lot of people have success with it and but then again a lot of people uh, find difficulties and challenges with it as well. Yeah. So when you're scaling that up to being a commercial grower, and if you know that's something that people want to transition into, uh, it's definitely not you know just kind of plug and play uh, situation 
you know, where you can experiment and maybe make mistakes, you know, in your kitchen, uh, you know, at this level, you know, it's, you're trying to minimize your mistakes and uh, be a lot more vigilant. Definitely. I, I can see how that would, um, like the scalability of it um, would definitely take more like attention and uh, skill level to like achieve those kinds of things. Um, so um, what, how many people are you able to serve with like what you guys are producing? Like, is it, your immediate area like how many people are you sourcing to we're a small operation right now and we're able to uh supply uh you know in um occasionally not all the time not every week uh but we can supply a couple uh restaurants but not you know like i said not all the time yeah uh, and we're giving small amounts or selling small amounts at a time so uh but our plans are to really turn this into uh, a more uh high tech operation yeah uh, more like you know having two hundred towers and uh indoor controlled environment um you know that would be able to supply several restaurants and so you know what, what we're talking about though is uh growing on one tenth of an acre uh with aeroponics uh the same as uh what people grow on a full acre oh wow so, uh, we're reducing our land usage by uh ninety percent and we're also using ninety percent less water uh we're yielding about thirty percent more on average and up to about half, uh, less than, or yeah, about half the time. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, um, that's really good though. Like for the environment and stuff. Um, have you guys ever thought about maybe like doing, uh, once you kind of scale it up more and you add the, in the new technologies and stuff, um, kind of hopping around Indiana and like, almost providing like consulting type um, things to different people in Indiana to kind of spread this across the state. Well, yeah, as we expand, we, uh, we want to set up different facilities in each community. Uh, we definitely will need to have a facility in each community uh, for it to be uh, sustainable uh, yeah. and also, you know, to reflect our, business model of, you know, staying local. So, um, and so as we expand, we'll be training new head growers who will manage a team of, uh, growers and, and such who will harvest and, and distribute produce, uh, and plant the seeds and, and maintain the systems. Um, and so it'll, it'll provide a lot more jobs in the urban agriculture sector. Yeah. Um, It'll also, you know, provide a lot more room for uh, creativity and innovation. Mm -hmm. um, are you guys, um, like, I guess this is kind of a, not in relation to your business, but to the overall, like, food um, industry movement, um, like, ex ex being an activist for the, 
um, vegetarianism and like not using all of the land for um, like cows and stuff and kind of taking a look at their carbon footprint? Yeah, I mean, it speaks volumes uh, across the industry when when we're talking about making these changes. Uh, we're talking about being more environmentally friendly, uh, you know, uh, being aware of climate change and the impact that we can make uh, today to make a change. Um, so a lot of it is about, you know, using less resources that are scarce. Yeah. Uh, water is becoming a scarce resource. Um, we're definitely overdoing it, um, you know, with a lot of redundant, uh, I guess, ingredients like corn syrup and, uh, yeah. and, and fillers that, you know, we're even for corn feed for cattle, I mean, it, they're not supposed to eat that stuff. I mean, it gives them yeah. E. coli mm -hmm. uh, in their stomach. And so, you know, we have to be t testing their, their cattle, uh, you know, for E. coli because of it. So it's mm -hmm. like, um, you know, if we, if we change that, you know, back to grazing, obviously we'd have to reduce the size of our farms. Um, if anything, you know, that we wouldn't have industrial cattle farms like we do. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we'd be knocking a lot of those, uh, types of farmers, I guess, out of the industry, mm -hmm. uh, simply just, by demand. I mean, uh, people demand, uh, you know, um, a more ethical supply and it, you know, it would be natural that they wouldn't be able to compete. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, agree. definitely has, it, it ripples uh, in many ways across the industry. Okay. Um, and then with the aquaponics, I'm kind of familiar with it, but um, do you guys, so then you guys also have like fish and stuff? No. Uh, no? So we actually, uh, so aqu aquaponics, uh, yeah, utilizes uh, fish as uh, the source for food. Okay. Um, and also, uh, you know, it's uh, basically, you know, ir irrigating. Uh, the crops all together yeah. um, and so um, what we do is is just use a nutrient solution uh, with an all-natural mineral solution and water okay. and it pumps from a reservoir to the top of the tower and, and cycles back down uh, by gravity and that feeds the plants okay um, so like, is it a sustainable system or does it still need like some monitoring from like the farmers? Well, it, it needs, uh, you know, you harvest, you plant the seeds, um, you got to maintain the plants. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was always just curious about the whole like system. If it, I had a um, call come in, but I just uh, declined it. Oh, uh, <laughs> So anyway, um, no, there's there's always going to be uh, some level of monitoring involved, and uh, whether you have a self-sustaining system uh, or not, um, you know, there's always you, you always got to do something with the plants. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, so when I first reached out to you, um, I told you a little bit about our Go Plant It project and you said you had some ideas about that. Um, I was kind of curious about like what you were thinking. Uh, well, you know, I figure we're all in this together, you know, and, and we're trying to uh, impact the industry all at once uh, collectively. Yeah. Uh, we, we speak for the same mission, uh, you know, of, of trying to, you know, create more room for uh, local food. And, and at the same time, you know, we can plant more trees where we take away cornfields. Uh, so, you know, when, when we're talking about making such a transition in the industry and, you know, where we have to, you know, where we foresee uh, large cornfields closing down and, and converting that into, uh, you know, space for both, uh, uh, you know, orchards or, you know, fruit trees or, uh, you know, ornamental trees or, or what have you, uh, or, you know, foraging trees. Um, I mean, it could be landscaping trees, you know, a business for that. Um, you know, it, <clears throat> at the same time, uh, you know, have a greenhouse on that property. And so, um, and that's how we kind of uh, envision how we grow. Uh, we want we want to see more trees, uh, a lot more fruit trees, um, a lot more diversity uh, in the kinds of produce that we can grow. Mm -hmm. And so it all ties in together. And so however ways uh, that we can uh, promote our causes, um, you know, we can always, uh, you know, uh, give a shout out to each other or, yeah. um, you know, in a sense, uh, co-campaign, you know, if that time ever comes, uh, you know, so there's a lot of different ways that you can work together with different organizations to uh, promote the same message yeah. in, a, in a dual way, you know, where you're uh, trying to achieve two things at once. I feel that. Um, have you seen the Seeds documentary? I don't think I have. I've actually been watching, I've been catching up on Netflix with a lot of uh, recent uh, food-based documentaries. Yeah. And, uh, there's a lot of really good ones. Mm -hmm. um, food Choices, for one, I, I know I, we were watching, and uh, also Ugly Delicious. Uh, those are two recent ones that yeah, I find were really good. Um, you said food delicious and what? There was ugly delicious. Oh. <laughs> ugly delicious and uh, food choices. I'm gonna check those out. <laughs> um. So, have you seen the fooding documentary? Oh yeah. That, so, that's, that's I feel like a, like a classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Food Inc., the same people who produced that film, they produce another documentary called Seeds. And um, they go through and they talk about um, how our nation's like seed banks are like depleting and like all of the seed banks are depleting. And um, it's because of these like monocroppings and um, Monsanto paying Indian farmers to like use their seeds and then locking them in on this debt and all this corruption that's going into like the depletion of our seed banks and um, 
like going back to traditional ways of like harvesting the seeds and then like replanting them and kinds of things like that. Um, so you should check that out because it kind of sounds right up your alley. Nice. Yeah. I appreciate the recommendation. Yeah. Um, and then also if you're on Netflix watching food documentaries, um, there's this little series called rotten. I don't know if you've seen anything about that, but that's really yeah. good. We, uh, we have watched that. Yeah. That's very good. I, um, but I don't know. Those are like my favorites. And then have you seen, um, what the health? You know, I probably have, uh, I, <laughs> some of these titles, uh, you know, go over my head, but you know, I, I might, you know, my business partner might, you know, put one on yeah. and we'll be watching it and you know, I won't even know what it's called. Uh, but you know, it, it's, um, but yeah, I'm probably, I'm familiar with them. They're, that's all I watch is food documentaries. Um, but yeah, um, I actually, um, in May, I, in like one of our local parks, I showed the Food Inc. film and um, I had people come out. There's this place called Teeter Farms and they're like a local organic farm and um just like the indianapolis community food co-op came out to kind of promote like in the um area because they both kind of are around the noblesville area but they're like not in noblesville um so they came out and um like kind of promoted their business and then we watched the documentary um but that's always like my i feel like that's a good introduction for people into like this kind of this whole food industry um, realm is because it's kind of sweet and soft, but it also gives you like a lot of facts and um, really shows you what it's, what like the real issues are without being too scientific and like over people's heads. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, one, one food journalist that I like a lot and, and uh, you know, filmmaker uh, is Michael Pollan. Okay. And uh, he has uh, published Botany of Desire, uh, Omnivore's Dilemma, uh, most recently in Defense of Food. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, in that they even feature uh, the tower, the vertical aeroponic towers that we're using. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that's a, a really good documentary, too. Um, yeah, Michael Pollan, really at, at the base of it, he promotes, you know, that a, a plant-based diet uh, in general, you know, he, he breaks it down and saying, uh, eat food, not too much, and mostly plants. And, you know, <laughs> if you already eat meat, uh, definitely, uh, you know, have more, uh, have a heavier uh, plant-based diet than a meat. Yeah. It. so uh what it comes down to is you know a lot of us need to be on the supplying end and the producing end um we need more farmers we need more urban farmers and that's uh what what's going to need to happen in order for us to really make that transition health-wise uh, diet diet-wise um you know as a as a whole, I mean, we're a huge population and we only have these pockets of local food methods. 
and you know for that for that to really you know spread and revolutionize the whole industry we need a local food mecca in every community mm-hmm. we need more boots on the ground <laughs> exactly um i also was kind of curious to ask you about um kind of this thing that i feel like is coming like coming up more and more in conversation when it comes to food insecurity and um like people people don't realize that it's not that we don't have enough food it's that we waste so much of it um so like what are some of your thoughts on that i would say we waste a lot of our food because we've lost a a connection to it Mm -hmm. lost our experience with the food and so a lot of the time we'll just get what's easy and most convenient and and that's uh it's boring um food waste can be you know somebody thinking that they're gonna buy enough produce to make a salad you know a salad every day all week you know they want to commit all of a sudden to eating healthy that week and they buy a bunch of produce and they don't know that it doesn't last that long on the shelves in your fridge because they already traveled a thousand miles to get to the grocery store. So you're talking about, you know, a day, maybe two days uh, yeah. for like leafy greens, uh, freshness, um, you know, uh, you know, unless you do something special to uh, keep them fresh. Um, so it just, and also a lot of it is, uh, food waste happens at the grocery store before it even, uh, gets to the consumer. Yeah. So it doesn't, you know, the shipments, you know, half of it might be bad by the time it gets there and they Mm -hmm. have to throw it out and, you know, then it might go bad on the shelves and then they have to throw that out and then but you know what the consumer gets um you know they're ultimately throwing out half of what they buy yeah and then also like big big places like costco and like walmart and meyer and these big grocery stores um like things that um like aren't really selling and then they would have the opportunity to kind of like donate to like a food pantry or something kind of before it's at its at the end of the line instead of like taking it upon themselves to put it back into the community um there's no accountability on their end to kind of they just throw it away and um like all of the package stuff that costco throws away like i mean i don't at the end of the day i don't want people to be eating like cheetos and shit but like that's that it's it's at least something rather than nothing and they're just throwing that away um and just kinds of things like that too um at the end of like the kind of the grocery store's waste oh yeah and and people you know we we've kind of become an indulgent society where people like to purchase more than they'll actually eat yeah and uh it's you know that psychology is driven into us to like to be like such it's a over, to over consume yeah yeah i feel that um and to want more than we need and uh and so we just want to indulge and you know the stress too 
um, stress of the economy and and uh, and our lifestyles and standard of living. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it all plays into it. I feel that. Um, so, is there any last piece of um, knowledge that you'd like to leave the listener with about the food industry or about what you're doing? Uh, yeah, you know, biodiversity is key. Local food is key. And vertical farms are the next big thing. I mean, we're we're looking at an industry that they're predicting to grow from a $5 billion industry to a $25 billion industry in the next five years. And uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, with the founder of Amazon invested in it. Uh, you know, he started a farm in San Francisco. Um, so, you know, it's a growing industry. And uh, so it's definitely uh, perceived as what we're going to need in order to uh, solve our problems is the uh, vertical farming. Yes. <laughs> um, and is LinkedIn kind of the best place for people to find you or can they also find you on Facebook or? Yeah, they can find me on LinkedIn and, uh, and Facebook, you know, or visit our page red giant union LLC on Facebook. Okay. I'll definitely link that, um, in the description box below for them to be able to check out. Uh, oh, yeah, and our website is redgiantunion.org. Uh, that's another place uh, people can learn more about us. Okay, awesome. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, definitely don't forget to check out Brady and I in the description box below as well. Um, and until next time.